I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! The 80s, Video Nasties, Alternative Comedy, Thatcher, Threat of Nuclear War, Rubik's Cube, Space Invaders, Reagan, Leg Warmers, Fame, Dallas, Crossroads, The End of the Cold War, The Start of EastEnders, The End of the Berlin War, Live Aid, then there was the music of the 80s, Electropop, New Wave, Modern Romantics, Stadium Rock, Rap, Hip Hop and Stock Aitken and Waterman, Frankie Says, Wham Rap, Nutty Boys, King of Pop, Prince, The Material Girl, The Boss, the 80s had it all. And here's our wild boy fact hunter, Neil, with 10 80s music facts. Thank you very much, Pav. And here we go. So let me tell you, the biggest selling album in the UK in 1980 was ABBA's Super Trooper. It was at number one for nine weeks. In 1981, it was the Queen. It was Queen's greatest hits turn to be the biggest selling album of the year. It also went on to become the biggest selling album of all time, and it spent four weeks at number one in this decade. <laughs> Barbara Streisand had the biggest album in 1982 with love songs. Nine weeks in the top spot. And 1983, and it was now Michael Jackson's turn with Thriller, one of the biggest selling albums of all time. Seven weeks at number one. Woo! <laughs> In 1984, the top spot for the year went to Lionel Rich's album, Can't Slow Down. Two weeks at the top spot. Uh. And 1985 brought us Dire Straits' Brothers in Arms. Four weeks at number one. Madonna was the top-selling artist from 1986 with True Blue and spent six weeks in the top spot. Just you wait till I get to you in 1987, and Michael Jackson again was the biggest-selling artist with his album Bad. Five weeks at the top. Nineteen eighty-eight, and Terence Trent D'Arby had the top album with "Introducing the Hardline." According to Terence Trent D'Arby, 
eight weeks at number one. And finally, in 1989, it brought us Gloria Estefan's Cuts Both Ways album. I had to be careful how I said that, which spent six weeks at the top spot. So there Thank we are. Thank you very was, much, Neil. Was there Thank any you. surprises in there? Um, to be honest, I wasn't really listening because I was too busy about doing the signs. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple for me. Was Terence Trent Darby being at the top spot for eight weeks? Yeah, but he was massive. Well, in and more he ways first than started. One, but... Can you remember, like, sign your name? Yeah. Um, what was the other one? Um, Wishing well. That's right. He was, he was like, for that first, and he was, like, classed as the next real big thing, wasn't he? And it didn't mm. really... Well, he sort of faded away, didn't it? And then he had a, a sort of resurgence in the 90s, because I remember I used to buy Q magazine back there, and he did the controversial, you could see his um, his little Terence Trent Darby in the photo shoot. Really? Uh, well, not so little. Um, really? But, yeah, <laughs> it was quite a shock. But eight weeks, that's still a lot, because if you think about it, Thriller... In 83, only spent seven weeks in the top spot. I know it became one of the biggest selling albums of all time, but only seven weeks at the top. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously ABBA's album was probably the largest uh, in 1980, but they were huge, weren't they? They were were coming to the end of their They were, and we do forget how big... ABBA really were oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were is. massive. But we are here to count down our top 10 albums from the 80s. Now, it's just me and Neil tonight. Oh, that's not good English, is it? It's Neil and I. Neil and I. Uh, tonight, with, um, we've got plenty of um, uh, honourable mentions as well. Oh. So we will go through those. Um, I mean, to me, I think the 80s is my era. I'm assuming that it's... I mean, you're you're slightly younger than well, I am, aren't you? Yeah, but, but only a couple of years. So I left school in the 80s. So, yeah, I grew up in it. I mean, probably for, oh, I don't know, for doing things and like seeing live bands and getting to experience things, the 90s was more my year. But I remember the yeah. music well. Um, I wasn't quite up there. I didn't sort of delve into like the pop, uh, you know, the stock aching and watering stuff. No, I had no, no, no time for that. No. Um, and when it first came out, although I completely changed my tune now, I didn't like the Beastie Boys originally. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I've never been a hip hop rap no fan. i'm not over but i've sort of got reacquainted with that album in the 90s but i mean it's not on my top 10 hence why i'm talking about it now but, what gets, yeah, what gets like me that. i think with the with the in- introduction that i did i was looking at it has there been another decade that has so many different kinds of music that were successful because if you look at the 80s the 80s the 1980 was the well, the the ass ass end of punk, wasn't it? Yeah, very. We still had sort of like the new wave was in, wasn't it? But you also, yeah. So you had like Adam and the Ants, and then you had like the Jam, where it was yeah. the start of like the mod kind of sort of mm. revival, if you like. But then going from that to then electronic music, you know, the synthesizer came in, so you had all of those kind of acts going into, and then obviously MTV was born. Yeah. So you had all of the like the big hair rock bands that that started, but you were huge. You had rap that was born, hip hop was born. Mm. Um, I suppose disco had sort of started, had died out, if you like. Disco had died out. I would say you're probably right. The 70s and the 80s are probably the most diverse musical time because if you think about the 70s, coming off the back of the 60s, everything was still slightly 
prim, wasn't it? And then we sort of elevated to disco, and then we had um, punk in the seventies. Was yeah, it glam rock, yeah, glam, glam rock, and everything. but then I would say that you had that. Whereas you got what I've mentioned in the eighties, mm. just so many different things all that at started. the same time, yeah, wasn't it, was, it, it? Rather than periods, yeah. And I was never, and I've, I've never been. I always sort of, I like it if it, if the song's good. I like the, I like it. It's not the fact that I love. I mean, I was I was a massive Adam and the Ants fan. When well, I was when know. I was when I was younger, um, it never made my top ten. But like Kings of the Wild Frontier, I can remember a mate of mine had the album, and at dinner time from school, we all ran to his to his house and listened to Kings of the Wild Frontier. Was that the Was that the gatefold one that had Stand and Deliver and all that on? Was I'm that trying to think now. It was the one where he was dressed more of where he had the white stripe, but he had like an Indian sort of a headdress on. Oh, uh, right. Wasn't yeah. that Prince Charming? Because yeah, I remember no, I had that, that was album. The gatefold one, Prince yeah. Charming was the, the album that nearly made my top 10. Yeah. Because that the was album a beautiful gatefold sleeve. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, with some great songs on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some really, really good songs. And I found out, I know we were saying before we, became, before we went on live that I think I, my first list had about 35 albums on there yeah quite I easily was, i was close there i just wrote loads down and i found it very very difficult this one because they're all it's like sophie's choice isn't it you you're very close to all these albums yes so the way yes. that i did it i went on to my streaming service that i listened to my music for and looked and said right what have i been listening to over the last couple of years the most and i thought well that says it all if i'm still listening to those eight is albums then winners yeah. I, I did it more just completely from memory, but from nostalgia. Mm. And then listened to a couple of the albums. I'll, I'll say what they are when I get to them. Yeah. Uh, I listened to them this week. And there was two in particular that I listened to and thought, oh my God, these are just great albums and just took me right back. Mm. Took me right back. So, I mean, this might be a shorter episode as there's only two top tens to go through but then we've got a few honorable mentions so it'd be nice to delve in to see what other people have got as well which is always a good thing we have um before we do start i want to say thank you to everybody that um donated and watched and listened and messaged during the um podathon uh, as we're recording this that happened the weekend just gone um like nearly three and a half thousand pounds raised, which was fantastic. Awesome. It was it was a lot of fun to do. Um, so thank you very much to everybody um, for your support on that, and um, maybe see you again next year. We'll see. And we say a big thank you to you for everything you did towards those. And if you can hear carefully, Neil, is all the sound of. I only I only did it for my narcissistic tendencies and <laughs> I wanted to be center of attention for 24 hours. <laughs> and it I've, worked. I've been in a funk. I've been year. in a funk ever since because I'm now not broadcasting or center of attention for, <laughs> for 24 hours. So, uh, so I now have like 52 weeks to wait before I can be center of attention again for 24 hours. Oh, you, you will always be the center of my, Oh, attention. I'd like to kiss you on your big girly bottom. <laughs> <laughs> that's right from the 80s that is yeah that is they oh my lord right then um i'll tell you what well, yeah so give give us your number 10 give us so, your number 10 okay Neil. i'll kick it off and funnily enough 
kick being the ultimate word in excess and oh, kick okay. this this surprised me that i'd listened to it as much as i had and it's an album i revisited in the last sort of probably 18 months because i kept thinking oh i really like like mystifiable new sensation those songs I, I i really enjoy them and looked back and i thought well that album i've got a record player now let's put the vinyl on and let's listen and it's a hundred percent track winner to me Everyone is a decent track, and I don't know how you feel about In Excess, whether you are a fan or not. See, I'm one of those ones that I, they they did some really really good songs, mm. but I was never really a big fan. Just I, I don't know. I, I just I didn't listen to an album. Right. Some of the some of the singles, um, "Baby Don't Cry," yeah, was a good was a great one. Um, "Never Tear Us Apart" obviously is a classic. "Mystify" is a fantastic song, mm. and they still hold up today, which is which is a president. Uh, but I will say that's the only album I ever had of theirs. You right. know, I wasn't a massive fan. I just loved that album. I actually and wouldn't be able to name another in excess album. Possibly not, unless I gave it some really good thought. But yeah, that album just sold it to me. I it was on the back of it must have been Need You Tonight and seeing the video and you know Michael Hutchins was a cool, cool man. He really was a cool dude, and I'd highly recommend anybody watching the documentary about him that's around. It's a really good documentary. Just Hutchins, so good. So yeah, that's my number ten in excess kick. Okay, my number 10 was um, the album that sort of kicked off MTV, if you like, I suppose. It actually named MTV in one of the songs, and it's Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. actually my number, where is it, number eight. Your number eight. Yeah, huge fan go. of that album. Um, I was a big um, Dire Straits fan. I bought the, I think I bought the, was it the albums or the or the cassettes? Um, Love Over Gold was a great album Making mm. Movies was a great album ne- Never used to have many tracks I mean Brothers in Arms has got nine tracks on it yeah. Which was quite a lot for a Dire Straits album but They were quite long songs But they were long well, songs, yeah. yeah I mean I think If I'm right in saying that I think Love Over Gold had just two songs on the foot on side A I Which think was Telegraph did, Road yeah. and Private Investigations yeah. Which were like mini movies Yeah um, But with with Brothers in Arms it's got a really good start, as in a lot of a lot of fantastic albums have got great like track one, two, three, four, maybe five. Mm. Whereas that, that's exactly what they. There are a lot of hits. There's a lot of hits on uh, on Brothers in Arms, but you, the man's too strong is one of my favorite. Okay, yeah, Dire Straits songs, which was a, an album track from, yeah. from Brothers in Arms. Um, but Brothers in Arms, the title track, has got some of the most beautiful guitar work ever, and it's just a beautiful song. It's hauntingly beautiful. Hauntingly. See, I wouldn't have thought that was, I wouldn't have put that as like a sort of thing that you liked. No, no. I was, I grew up listening to Dire Straits. Like my mum was more of a fan than my dad, you know. And I have to say, it was stuff like Romeo and Juliet and things yeah. like that that yeah. I just thought, this is amazing. And even back being the youngster then and listening to his guitar work, you know, the guy was a legend on the guitar. You can hear it, you know, with, with naivety in your ears. So yeah, but that that title track still is one of my all time favorite title tracks. I think it is just like I said, hauntingly beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and um, I've still I still listen to a couple of his like solo albums as mm. well. Um, 
What was the one called? Killing to Get Crimson or something? Was I don't know, I'll be honest. Some fantastic songs on there. They're all some of them can be very samey. Mm. And I think his 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 vocals are obviously can be a bit marmite because yeah. they're very sort of Dylan esque. Uh, where he, he talks sings a lot, doesn't he? Mm. It's not particularly yeah. um you know, he's not gonna win awards for vocals, but singy singy. Yeah, but the the I think his songwriting is very similar or whether you say Bruce, to Bruce Springsteen. He's got that same, I don't know what the mm. name of that sort of, but the piano based rock is very similar to some of Springsteen's stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's my number no, 10. Uh, Gone selling you're... album. I believe that was the biggest selling when I was looking at the facts before, I think Brothers in Arms turned out to be the biggest selling UK album of all time. Oh, right. As in the, for the 80s. Yeah. And it was also the one, I think that because it ridden, it was, it was rided as the album you had to have on CD, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was a huge CD thing, wasn't it? Well, the the video for Money for Nothing, I mean, was the first CGI video, you know, made. So yeah, yeah, very, very, very groundbreaking as well. Indeed. Go on then, your number nine. So Paul Simon and Graceland, quite simple. Okay. It was, um, to me, it took me a while to sort of appreciate it because You Can Call Me Owl came out and we all thought, well, that's a novel. You know, Chevy Chase is in the video and it's a novel song. I actually come back and reappreciate that song for being more of a novel than a novelty. It's oh, it's a great song. It's a great, great song. song. But it was a bit novel, wasn't it, when it came out? Because I think because of the video myself. Yeah, yeah. But then I sort of delved into it and the African influence on that album excuse me, it's something to completely behold. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Lady Smith Mambosa, isn't it, or something? Is that right? I, I don't remember. know, something like that. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. But Not that much of a fan then. No, I can't remember who it was. <laughs> I'm too busy listening to the songs. No, I'm a huge fan of that album. And, you know, I do listen to Simon and Garfunkel still a lot. And I just think Paul Simon is... Let me, let of, me, I'm going to message, message, I'm going to... Um, Keep talking, I'll see if I can oh, right. find it, yeah. Find what, Graceland? Yeah, I'm going to see what the name of that group is. Oh, right, yeah, I can't remember, because they did go off and have a career afterwards. But, you know, when you think about like the, the feel-good nature, Diamonds on the Soles of Her Feet, another, another single, but it has that African influence. But also, it's one of those albums, when you listen to it, makes you happy. They're, they're happy songs, aren't they? I don't... I don't want to make it sound like it's just a, a one gleeful, um, jolly little, like, um, what's the word, like nursery rhyme. But it is. It's a happy album. Probably Lady not Smith, all. Black Mambazo. There you are. There you go. Yeah, they had a massive career off the back of the album, didn't they? But great album. I don't know whether you were a fan. I was a fan. Um I, my only thing with that is I'm not sure it was almost like it was it was a trendy thing to do to get black musicians in and to have it make it a very like African I think that was the start of it though or do you so think that, that's what I was going to ask that's the one that kicked off because they right. then the black but then Peter Gabriel had been doing it before that hadn't yeah he? but only for tracks he didn't do a whole album he did right. like Biko didn't he and um, his political statements but if you think, right. if you go back to Peter Gabriel's 80s albums there's not a lot of African influence yeah and, I think there was yeah. some there was some like uh, Diamonds on the Soles of His Shoes I think it was wasn't it that's right that was yeah. the and song Boy yeah. in the Bubble was a great yeah. song 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it didn't, obviously it, it didn't make my top 10. Um, but, but another huge selling album. Well, great like album. Said, it was a feel good album. It was yeah. Like, all the way through, it was a feel good album. Jaunty, you could say. Jaunty, I like that word, jaunty. Isn't okay. that when you turn yellow? <laughs> no, I think that's jaundice. All uh, right, okay. Yeah. Uh, my number nine um, is an album that just i had the t-shirt um i was completely and anything they put out i bought on cassette single on single and it's welcome to the pleasure dome frankie goes to hollywood i actually thought that would be higher on your list it it, originally it was higher on my list but i actually thought about it and if you look at it as a collection of songs yeah the 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 singles from it every single single is just a powerhouse of a song. Mm. Uh, Power of Love is one of the greatest love songs ever written, I think. Um, Two Tribes is an absolute, just a fucking baseball bat of a film, uh, of a song. That it is. One of my dad's favourite songs. It's an amazing song. And Relax is just, is Relax. And that is a disco clubhouse. Yeah. But everywhere. then it's also, it's, it's also a mixture of a lot of covers. Oh, is it? You know? Well, yeah, you've got War. War is on there. Oh, but yeah. What is it good for? I think there's a, like a, a ferry across the Mersey kind of version on there. There's Born to Run. Oh, so they've got, you know, so it's, it's, it's half original tracks and then half uh, cover album. Uh, but there's another song called Black Night, White Light, which was one of the songs that I really, really loved. <laughs> and I still didn't look to see which song it is that as the song finishes you hear two people having sex. So what? Um, it came in, in 1984, so I was a 15-year-old, and the fact that you could hear sex, it sort of helped me out at night times sometimes. Oh, bless. And was it a genuine sexual... I th- I'm not sure, I'm not sure, but it was a woman and a man, you can hear them like grunting and the woman saying, come on, come on. And I, I didn't, I haven't listened to this album for a while, so I'm... Assuming that that's what I remember is correct, I would hate. Oh, you'll have to have a listen. I'm going to have to have a listen. Yeah, man. Because I'm just worried now that it's maybe something that I just dreamt rather than it actually being on the no, album. I seem to remember because they did court quite a bit of controversy. Oh, all the time. They, so yeah, all the time. That would wouldn't surprise me at all. No, no I bought the twelve inches. Who are who are two tribes and relax. Um, I bought the seven inches of the power of love. Uh, yeah. That's all I, I ever had. I had and them all then, on CD single and but I not did CD end single. up, and I don't know why because I'm not actually that much of a fan. Was bought Holly Johnson's Americanos. Right again, his album had some great see, Americanos, uh, Love Train, some great songs on it, mm. some really good songs on it. You know, it's a shame. You know, it's a shame yeah. that well, I think Holly Johnson goes around and does like those eighties revival does, yeah. things. So you know, when you've got like a again a proper band between behind him doing that's what I saw mm. him doing two tribes, and it sounded great. He's got an amazing voice. I was going to say, was it? I don't know. Something I watched on Sky. I, I forgive me, I can't remember, but he was on it and he sang the Power of Love. As the yeah, Christmas that was um, never mind of the Buzzcocks. Oh, Buzzcocks, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And wouldn't it beautiful? Yeah. Yeah, he's still got the chops. Yeah, he's still yeah. got the pipes there. Without that's a right, it was Buzzcocks, yes. I was, remember now. It was. Um, right, so you said at number eight, Brothers Arms. Absolutely. So at number eight for me, now I feel that as the 80s, especially mid-80s, was this guy's year. 85 
86, 87, 88, and 89 were probably definitely his year, and that's Phil Collins. Oh, yeah. Um, I could have picked probably any of his albums um, <clears throat> that he had out during the 80s, but I chose But Seriously. Okay. Um, the thing I think about Phil Collins is if you like... I think he does two different types of... He does the sloppy ballad, yeah. and he does the up-tempo with a bit of... Um, woodwind in there you know a bit of a beep 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 kind of yeah. <laughs> like roadrunner <laughs> um but but seriously has got all that but but there's some really really good songs on there mm. um i wish it would rain down with eric clapton doing the guitar all of my life is one of the ones i like that's the way it is something happened on the way to heaven there's just some really really good songs um yeah i remember do you remember there's another one but I think that was Phil at his absolute apex, live mm. and, you know, whether it was live or whether it was just, because obviously it was all, I think, was it 89 that Buster came out? Or was that a little bit earlier than that, wasn't it? Sort of 88, yeah, it was 88. So that between 84, 84 say, well, 85 and 1990, he was the number one guy. Easily, you don't forget how big Genesis. Genesis were, were around the I same time. I mean, they time. did that however many night run at Wembley. It yeah. was like a, a record. They yeah. did so many nights at Wembley Stadium. But I still think Phil Collins to this day is one of the best frontmen there's ever been. His banter and his interaction with the crowd yeah. in those days was bar none. He used to. I mean, I had the video of Genesis live at Wembley '87, I think it was. And he had those 80,000 people in the palm of his hand the whole two hours. Mm. And not many people can do that. But yeah, and I think that's what I think that's why it's sad to see how he, he is, is now. Mm. Um, even like because he obviously his his um calling card, if you like, for albums was the fact that it'd be his face, yeah. And then when they he reissued them, like remastered them, he did the same pose, but like his face now. Mm. And it just it just doesn't look right. I feel, no. I, I feel so sorry for the guy. I really do because, yeah. like you say, he was such a great front man and such and a great drummer. drummer. What an amazing, amazing drummer. drummer! Yeah, you know, and phenomenal and, drummer. But his his son has now turned into like an amazing musician as well. Mm. And, and his he, daughter's an actress. Yes, Lily, yeah. isn't she? Lily, yeah, Lily Collins, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, it was on my other list. If you know what I mean, it would have easily been an honourable mention. Yeah, uh, probably that that album as well. But you could have easily had no jacket required as well. But that was the other one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not such a big fan of face value, right? Uh, but hello, I must be going has got some great stuff. Yeah. Um, but I counted, like, I looked at all of the the runnings, you know, the the, the song lists on, the, and I counted which songs I really really liked. Yeah. And um, but seriously, came came way ahead I think with yeah, all the different songs yeah, awesome there's only a couple of songs in there that I thought no you could fast forward those but the majority yeah. of them are, are great great songs see I thought Phil Collins might be a bit square for you as well no because I was a huge Genesis fan right I love Genesis I always have done well that's the old hippie in me um, I get mocked for it because I I like the Gabriel years. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, and it led me on. I didn't like everything Phil Collins did. I didn't like his Motown stuff that he did. No, no, didn't like no. it. The at all. Um, what was the album that he did? Dance into the Light, I think it was. Don't know. There was there, that was like late eighties, probably maybe early nineties, and there was maybe one or two good songs on there, and the rest mm. of them just sounded very, very samey. 
Yeah, I wasn't a fan of his Motown covers and stuff like that. So not everything was a hit for me on his solo stuff. No. But yeah, just but yeah, great, great albums. They were they were great singles as well. Absolutely. Go on then, your number seven. So this is Fleetwood Mac Tango in the Night. Right, yeah. This was on my extended list. Yeah, it I think well, probably the last great Fleetwood Mac album or music they made together. Um, it hits off big, doesn't it? With Big Love is the first track that you listen to when you open it. And still to this day is one of my favourite songs. I, I do prefer the Lindsay Buckingham on his own doing it now because I've seen it happen live. But yeah, I, I think what a great album. What some great songs. There's uh, Little Lies. We don't, Let's not forget Little Lies. And Everywhere was on there. Oh, um, so I think it was a successful whole album even the album tracks are as strong as the others so a great album um and probably i think it's better it's a better album than tusk yeah i mean i must admit this that's the only album i've ever listened to fleetwood max not even rumors no no i know i know some of the songs on there obviously but I mean, Rumours is by far their best album of all time. But right. Tango in the Night, it was a great... Um, had some great 80s bits about it that still hold up today. You know, it wasn't when you listen back to some of the 80s music, you think, ooh, yeah, well, that's not... All it. But theirs holds up. But I think it's all down to Lindsay Buckingham's songwriting, isn't it? He writes such a great song. He's, a, he's a fantastic song. songwriter. He really and is. guitarist. He's yeah. underrated as a guitarist to me. But yeah... Great album. Okay. Uh, my number seven was one of the albums that I had to listen to this weekend and just fell in love back with it again. Uh, 1988, it's The Innocence by Erasure. Oh, I don't know that album. Uh, do you know? Oh, yeah. Probably yeah. know Sh- some of the songs. Ship of Fools, me. Little Respect. Right. Um, but there's some some great uh, album tracks. Uh, Weight of the World, Yahoo, Hallowed Ground. Um, oh. Vince Clark is a master at melodies and little intricate melodies that are going in between the bass Mm. lines and um, just creating fantastic pop songs. Um, And Andy Bell is, again, one of the most powerhouse of voices. Yeah, he's got a great voice, hasn't he? Yeah, I I, I remember Wonderland was their first album. Um, What else was Oh, The Circus. Right, some great great songs on both of those, uh, but the innocence for me it reminds me of my first job I ever had, and blistering hot summer and going to the car park for my dinner, listening to that album, like sort of like sweating my bollocks off in the car yeah. while listening to that. It's um, I don't know whether you're an Erasure fan. I don't. It's nothing. It's not. It doesn't offend me. I enjoy the songs. You know the hits. I always find them to be really happy songs. You always feel sort of like you could dance. Anybody could dance to them. Does that make sense? Yeah, like yeah. If yeah. you were in a yeah. club, it was it'd be one of those ones that you bop away too easily. Yeah, I got nothing against them. I quite enjoyed it when they had their little lava revival that they did. Do you remember? Yeah, <laughs> that, I yeah. know that was nineties, but yeah, that was always good fun. And always because I was going to clubs in those days, and it, when Erasure came on, I would say pretty much everybody got up on the dance floor back then. Everybody. Yeah. One of those definite, oh, come on, let's go. So, yeah, don't dislike him. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, you're number six. So it's Prince. 
1999. Now, okay. let me give you a bit of a background on to why it's this album and not Purple Rain and stuff like that. Well, this album was the first album that introduced me to Prince. So basically, my brother had it on cassette and didn't particularly want it for whatever reason. And he said to me, do you want this? It's by a guy called Prince. And I, I didn't know that much when 1999 came out. And I put it in my headset and I went to work in the summer with my dad to earn pocket money. And in my Sony Walkman, yes, I had an actual Sony Walkman, I listened to 1999 all day, turning the tape over and working away. And it stuck with me. And so much so I revisited this year and just what, I mean, you now realise, I didn't back in the day, how talented Prince really was. I think a lot of people a lot of people misunderstood how fucking brilliant that bloke was in the 80s. I genuinely do. Maybe the older generations did. But at school, you know, we he had an awful nickname. We changed it. Totally incorrect. We can't say it anymore. Um, and we used to take the mickey. But, yeah, now my love for Prince over the last, since he died, has just escalated even more. And I've been delving more into his back catalogue and everything. And the bloke was a bloody genius. He deserved to be even bigger than he actually was hmm. to me of what yeah. he could achieve and what he wrote. So, yeah, 1999. I know it won't be anybody, everybody's uh, cup of tea, but to me, great album. It's the one thing, I haven't got a Prince album on my in my top 10, but right. he is probably without doubt in my lifetime the most talented musician I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you see the, uh, see the YouTube when he he sings um, while, while he does the guitar, the guitar solo, while my yeah. guitar gently weeps with uh, to, well, it's the Traveling Wilbur is basically in it, and it um, is. But he does George the Harrison's guitar. yeah George Harrison's son. It is unbelievable, just unbelievable. It and is. it's the fact that he makes it look so easy, and he has that had that image that he's very aloof. And stuff like. Have mm. you ever seen the the one the the footage where he's on stage sat with his oh when he's doing uh, cream and he's doing the cream acoustic. yeah yeah, yeah. and, and the, the crowd is singing back and he's starting he goes no 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 and he's got an amazing sense of humour yeah but then yeah. you hear the Kevin Smith story about him like you know trying to do a documentary on him and mm. you know it's two thirty in the morning and he wants to know. He wants a camel. A giraffe or yeah, he wants a camel yeah. and he doesn't understand why he can't get a camel at 2.30 in the morning. But then that was when it became Prince World, wasn't it? It became exactly. Prince. It was all, he had, he'd lost sense of real, you know. But he the, always had that. He, mm. I think that's what makes him a genius. Yeah. He was, he was, Do you know what I mean? He's, he's eccentric, isn't he? He's just yeah. a completely eccentric person. But going back to a YouTube video, if you want to see Prince Pinnacle live, watch his Super Bowl performance and then yes. when it starts to rain. Yes. Fucking hell. He changes the order, doesn't he? The songs to do yeah. Purple Rain. I just think that it's one of the best, like that, while my guitar gently weeps, it's just oral inspiring to watch it is absolutely awe inspiring yeah absolute massive fan and gone far too early rest in peace 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Far too early, yeah, absolutely. Indeed. Okay, my number six, you've mentioned them already. Uh, I sort of mentioned them. Another one as well in the sweet spot of the uh, mid to late 80s, it's Invisible Touch by Genesis. Oh, great album. It was on my list. It was on my, it was almost there. Yeah, again, only eight tracks on mm. the album, but every single one of those albums, there's a couple of um, the Tony Banks instrumentals on there. Yeah. Um, and But they're great as well, you know. Mm. Yeah. But there's not a dud song on that album um some great singles uh, land of yeah. confusion is an absolute classic with a great video if with a great seen. video throwing it yeah. all away is another great one um yeah. in too deep uh what was the other? tonight dance. tonight tonight was a great one I, I can't dance wasn't on that album was it not no it was on the we can't dance album oh shit sorry <laughs> sorry got confused. got confused but that was the other album that you could have yeah. tossed between those two albums because that had no son of mine on it yeah. um another well, just some, you know jesus he knows me and things like that but for me invisible touch and of course the title track as well invisible touch yeah and that was the tour that i sort of had on video at when right. stadium invisible right. touch tour but it was a i mean they again genesis then i think 86 and 89 i suppose what was it 89 or 88 then, when yeah. um when no, uh, the we can't dance. No, probably ninety. I don't know. Whenever it was, at the top of their game, absolutely. Mm. I don't think they ever got as high and as 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 good as that. And it was a change for them. Yeah. If you listen to like what's the album with Mama right back in the early eighties on, and to what they did in Invisible Touch, what a change! Yeah. What a change in their style, and and then obviously changed I mean, from that to 
when Peter Gabriel was yeah, which was is them and, but then that was seventies and drugs and hallucination, wasn't it? I think <laughs> Lucy, who you know her, Lucy in the sky. Right then, you're number five. So people, but this is only personal because I fell out of love with it. It's Michael Jackson's Thriller. I fell out of love with the album a bit because I'd heard it so much. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I found that a lot with Michael Jackson's singles. Looking back on it, wherever you were, whatever you were doing, you would hear something, whether it be Beat It or Billie Jean or even Thriller itself, right up to the Bad album as well. The, the songs to me were just everywhere. And I fell out of love with him a little bit in the 80s, through the 90s even. re went back to him in the 2000s. And yeah, but what a great album, isn't it? Um, uh you know, as I said, it's got Beat It, Billie Jean, um, Want to Be Starting Something was on there as well. What was the one he did with Paul McCartney on there? Um, uh, the Girl Is Mine. The Girl Is Mine. So some great, great tracks. And Michael Jackson, he was he was fucking a talent, wasn't he, back in the so, so where did, So you obviously stand on the debate of do you separate the man from... I the just music. enjoy his music without listening to the connotations of what is behind him. Right, okay. You know what I mean? You can still enjoy somebody's music and what they've produced. It's no reflection of what they've done and nastily done or whatever they've done. Does afterwards. it not leave a little bit of a nasty taste in your mouth when you think about that? Or you're to be quite honest, happy I don't to... think about it. I just, right. I just enjoy the music for what it is. Um, yeah, I, I really do enjoy the music for what it is, so... You know, we all have our opinions of whether he was guilty or innocent. So just enjoy the music that he left. Because he was a talent in the early 80s. I mean, what he did, and again, he was a bit sort of like the Prince, but with vocal and dancing, wasn't he? If you know what I mean, rather than instruments. It's not my favourite Michael Jackson album, but that's off the wall, but that was 70s. Right, right. So. Okay, fair enough. Were you? Did you have them? You must have had Yeah, thriller. yeah. I mean, Bad, I think, was my my more preferred one to Thriller. Right. Um, and it was like every song on that album was, was a single, was a single much, wasn't, wasn't it? it? But so, yeah, again, it, so. it was also like everything, bad choice of phrase, but everything was rammed down your throat. Hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I suppose I, I, I still listen to Michael Jackson if it's on the radio or if it, it comes yeah. up on um, like a, a mix thing. But, you know, it... <laughs> I don't know whether it's the same level as like putting him in there with Gary Glitter, you know, and the fact that I, I couldn't listen to a Gary Glitter song without thinking of mm. who the man is. Uh, but then again, for Michael Jackson, it's more, did he do it or did he not? Yeah, it's very much. Whereas with Gary Glitter, it's it's banged on that he, he yeah. did the things that he was accused of. So yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay. My number five is So by Peter Gabriel. Oh, uh, not in your top 10? Maybe. <laughs> okay. I hate asking that and you say that because then that gives it away. Um, I, again, not a dead song on the album. It's one of those albums that it's almost, it's a, I mean, he obviously works out what song is going to be first and second and whatever. It's mm. almost like a a story as it goes through, but Red Rain is a fantastic start to an album. Mm. Um, atmospheric and beautiful but hard hitting uh, the sound of the piano and then I think it goes into Sledgehammer after that doesn't he it does. I think. and then um, don't give up I and think. then don't give up yeah and then In Your Eyes is just another 
amazing, amazing song. So yeah, I'd say it's Us was his follow up, wasn't it? Was it Us? Uh, yes, and then it was Up. Right. Okay. Because so I think he is basically it in... took about ten years between. Albums. Yeah, and wasn't Us the one that had the song with Sinead O'Connor? The Blood yes. of Eden, which is and a adds, beautiful yeah. song. And it had Steam. And Steam, the, that's right, yeah. yeah. All that on but it. Steam seemed to me to be like a um, a sledgehammer. Big Time was the other song from... Oh, D- Digging Peter in the Ga- Dirt was what Digging you in the dirt. think of on the, uh, the other one, Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was... Um, it looked like Sledgehammer video, didn't it? It was very jerky where the ground was all going over him and... But it was that Steam was the song that sounded a little bit like, for me, it sounded yeah, a little yeah. bit like Big Time and yeah. uh, Sledgehammer. Big kind of Time, yeah. Big so, Time, another great song. Mm. Hi there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go on then, you're number four. So this changed it for me. Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. I wasn't particularly a fan of the Bon Jovi and your Def Leppards. I didn't mind them. I've been to see Def Leppard a few times. Uh, they were okay and they were great songs, but they never had that, edge that little bit of gruffness and roughness you know that i've been missing since i first discovered motorhead back in the early 80s so yeah it was it was like almost like your mind was blown it was i'd never heard rock quite like that and axel voice axel voices axel rose's voice (laughs) was uh, uh, just amazing to me I, i had the privilege of seeing them live early in their career in a small venue so um, I've still got the vinyl that I bought from there, which was Appetite for Destruction. I was a 16-year-old whippersnapper. And, uh, yeah, it's still an album. I think one of the it would be up there on one of the most, the greatest debut albums for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a massive fan, I have to say. Um, you know, I've, I've liked a few of their songs. I've bought a few of their songs. I think I've, I've never bought an album of theirs. Right. Um, I've kind of liked, just tired with Axel Rose's shtick. Yeah, really. he became a knob. Let's yeah. not face it. He became a knob. But then that's why Slash left the band and it all the other band members. And he was still running around as Guns N' Roses when it was just him. Yeah. You know, and he was leaving people late. coming on. He was basically Justin Bieber now. <laughs> but he's turning around and they've all <laughs> ref- ref- reformed and they go on tour. I know people have been to see the tour and said they've never sounded better. Really, um, Axel has probably managed to get therapy for his demons. I mean, he went off to tour with ACDC. That's after, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Brian Johnson couldn't tour anymore, so he became their lead singer, and that I think turned him around and made him realise, hang on, we've got something special. Let's bring it back. And yeah, I've heard nothing but great things about the tour now. They they do a good two and a half hour set every time. So another one of those unique voices. As soon as he sings, you know who it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he apparently hasn't lost it now, his oh, voice. Oh, there you go so then. there you go. Okay. Um, right, my number four. Um, I think this is this guy's last great album, and it's just sneaked in there in 1989, is Flowers in the Dirt by Paul McCartney. Okay. I um, don't know the album, but... You don't know the album? I don't think I do, no. Oh, right, okay. Um, some of the songs were written with um, Elvis Costello, Right. So you had like My Brave Face. Do you remember that one? I think I do. It yeah. Um, put it there. And then some good album, some sort of album tracks. That day is done. We got married. Oue Le Soleil. Don La Tête. Um, but it's the, I think it's the last time that he actually sang uh, the one, this one and Figure of Eight were some of the singles as well. Okay. 
Um, Would you say that this album then was uh, every track was a great track? Not every track. There's a couple mm. of sort of, sort of meandering. What personally I thought were meandering album tracks, right. but there's some great McCartney isms. Right. Yeah. You know, put I it know there. Put it there is a classic McCartney with just a like picking on a on a guitar and an acoustic guitar with a great melody. There's some great melodies. There's a, a great guitar bit in uh, We Got Married by Dave Gilmore. Okay. From uh, Pink Floyd. Pink That's is Dave yeah. Gilmore, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, there, but like I say, it's the last album from Paul McCartney that really, that I think is like a, a great album from start to finish. And that was the, that was 89 or 90 was when we went and saw him. So it was that album that he was touring when we went and saw him live. Yeah. Um, and it was a great, great show. A great show live. I can imagine. It's the yeah. one person I've never seen and would I'd still go and see him now. Would obviously. you? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's just... Yeah, I, I still would, it, just mate. to have that experience of seeing him, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You've got to say, well, he's a Beatle. That's he what is. With us, is the, and oh I'm God. totally, totally back listening to um, the Abbey Road and Let yeah. It Be album at the moment. It seems yeah, to be on yeah, constant yeah. repeat because of the yeah. Get Back documentary bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Go on then, you're number three. So this was hard. I, there's two albums they released in the 80s, U2, um, and I love them both. I very nearly put The Unforgettable Fire in this place because that was the one that blew me away. It was the one that really got me into U2 fully. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I have put The Joshua Tree literally because the, there's just some absolute classic songs on there. Classic U2 songs, but classic songs all together. But also the Joshua Tree then led on to Rattle and Hum. And I think Rattle and Hum has got some very underrated tracks on it. Yeah. So I didn't choose that as the album because obviously it was the live version of the Joshua Tree. But yeah, just the, the streets have no name. Um, that's the one they did on top, wasn't it? Of the um, building, almost Beatles-esque. Yes. In America. And watching that, I mean, I think you 2 in the 80s and probably the 90s were probably the greatest live band in the world. Yeah, I would say early to mid-90s. Yeah. Yeah, I think they... Yeah. They just... I think Bono was at the top of his game. He had a, an amazing voice. You know, they made earworm songs. Whether you love it or hate them, you, you've got to know a U2 song. Everybody, I think, would know yeah. a U2 song. Um but I think Joshua Tree, what a fantastic album. Um, yeah, it just, and it's still played regularly now, as is An Unforgettable Fire. But yeah. Joshua Tree was, for me, the album that got me into U2. Mm. But then I, I think when he did the 90s albums, yeah. it was it was Action Baby was the album that I fell in love with. And I just yeah. loved their change. But again, Rattle and Hum was the album that had um, Angel of Harlem on it, which was a yeah. great song, and Desire and Van Diemen's Land, which was, yeah. I think, a sound check song that The Edge was singing. It was. And there was some great songs When Love there. Comes to Town with When B. Love B. Comes King, to Town, yeah. Which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, but great, great songs, With or Without You. Yeah. Not great With or song. Without You. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was, wasn't it with all of that? Yeah. You're suddenly thinking of um, Nielsen. I said this, but yeah, <laughs> but <clears throat> great. And they've sort of grown. We've watched them get huge, haven't we? We've we've been the generation where we saw them come through with Sunday Bloody Sunday, and then we saw them on live at Aid, and then realised how fucking good they were live. And that's what stuck, struck me is live Aid that got me to 
try an album and everything. So, yeah, I, I don't think I'm such a U2 fan now as I was in the earlier days, but I still enjoy the old albums. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Okay, my number three was the other album that I've listened to this week that really just took me back to the mid-80s to some electro-pop, and it was Dream Into Action by Howard Jones. Yeah, I, I, this one passed me back, mate. Bye. Really, really. I yeah. mean, it started off with Human uh, Humans Lib, first um, act I ever saw live at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, and it's... I was actually, it was weird because I was listening to it with headphones on and Howard Jones is not the greatest of singers. He can be a little bit flat sometimes, mm. but the musicianship and the songwriting is fantastic. Some of it is a little bit, um, hasn't dated particularly well. It sounds like straight from the 80s. Mm. Uh, but there are some fantastic songs on here. No One Is To Blame is a great song, just him and the piano. Um, was that bit. the album that he had any of his big hits from? Yeah, well, you had, um, let's see, what did you have? Look Mama was on there. Um, Life in One Day was on uh, there. Uh, Things Can Only Get Better Yeah, uh, was oh, on shit. there. So it was the biggest, yeah. Yeah, and then also there were two bonus tracks, which was called, one was called Bounce Right Back, and the other one was Like To Get To Know You Well. Because okay. that was released in between the two albums, if I remember right. Right. Between Humans Lib, which had New Song and What Is Love and... Uh, hide and seek those kind of songs like pearl in the shell uh, oh yeah I was, a, I was a member of his fan club as well I'm a massive fan of howard jones awesome well the yeah. only uh similar thing I, I had the riddle by nick kershaw right yeah yeah i had that <laughs> there so that was they were like um almost in battle weren't they nick they were kershaw? yeah because oh, they like yeah. the first they both their first albums had human in the title because nick kershaw's was human racing yeah and howard jones was humans lear but they were both sort of classes i suppose well solo singers obviously singer songwriters mm. but with keyboards although i think um nick kershaw was mainly guitar yeah, i think he was he, he would dabble wouldn't he <laughs> yeah but they sometimes go out on tour together and that don't they and, and do each other's songs and stuff which is quite nice yeah you go on youtube and have a look at that that's quite good uh right then you're number two so this is where i was expecting to get a lot of flat but it's marillion misplaced childhood i was it's, expecting i actually thought that would be number one i must admit not quite not quite it is probably that i was i would have put two in there because they are by far one of the most most popular eighties albums clutching at straws as well i got hugely into marillion all by mistake um it was basically, I was in Tower Records. Remember Tower Records? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the marketplace. And yeah. it was about 83. So they just, they'd been out a, a year, Marillion. And I noticed they had the 12-inch single of Market Market Square Heroes. And I really, really liked the cover. And I thought, right, that's it. I'm going to buy it. And I was hooked, line and sinkered into the <laughs> whole thing. Um not everybody. I mean, yes, I can see the comparisons to early Genesis, blah, blah, blah. But Misplaced Childhood was a concept album that, to me, was an original sound and it produced the big songs, Kaylee and Lavender and things like that. It was a number one album in 1985. It made number one. Um, and like I said, it's an album that I still listen to from start to finish regularly. So it just had to be there for me. And again, we go back to the gatefold sleeves. Every one of Marillion's albums, so they were a bit like Genesis. So the first couple of albums literally only had six songs on the whole album, three each side, but they were all eight-minute, ten-minute masterpieces. So 
Um, but I used to love it. Their intricate artwork, when you opened it up and it would display the whole poster and you had the lyrics inside of the gatefold sleeve. Um, I've still got them now in my record collection from the 80s and all the 12 inches as well, which I've had offers for from people that want really? to buy them. Yeah, but I'm never going to get rid of them though. You know, I bought them when I was a, an 11, 12-year-old little rascal. So, and now they stay. Although on one of them, disappointingly so where i took the song the single it was only the seven inch single i wrote my name on it because i took it to a school disco and it's still on there which is quite cute there you go yeah nice yeah i can't say i'm a a, um, i know a couple of the singles and that's Mm. about it i think the fish days yes who's there who's there steve hogarth he's been there 30 it is now 32 years he's been the singer of marinia wow I know. So <laughs> everybody bangs on about the fish years, but they're yeah. only like seven years long. Jesus <laughs> Christ. And Steve Hogarth has taken them. They, they're doing all right. I've been to see them with the new singer and they're still as tight as they always were. Very, very tight musicians, very accomplished musicians. So I can imagine if they've been playing together for 40 years. Mm, very so. good to live. I would highly recommend anybody to go and see them live. If you're into your live experiences, they are well worth it. Yeah, you hippie. Yeah, I am. Okay. Uh, my number two, um, it was going to be a choice of one or two, um, and I wasn't going to put the other one in the al- in the top ten just because I wanted, I didn't want the same mm. acts in the you know in different places. But I've got the Tunnel of Love, Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Um, could have had Born in the USA quite easily because yeah. it was a great album as well. But Tunnel of Love, I felt, is, was a bit more emotional for me a little bit more laid back not as gung-ho as mm. as um born in the usa and got some some beautiful tracks on that i'm a i'm a massive springsteen fan um his albums can be very samey you know and i think it's a bit like phil collins if you like a couple of his songs you're gonna love a lot of his songs um but he ch- he's a bit like prince again in the fact that he churns songs out doesn't he just you know hundreds and hundreds of them um, the only thing that that really upset me is I, I think it was on Netflix. They had his Broadway show. Okay, yeah. So I've I love Springsteen's lyrics, you know, because they seem to be very personal to him, but they could be about anybody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's about about growing up, and it's about falling in love, and it's about falling out of love, and it's about you know trying to make your way in the world and all that kind of stuff. And then when he's doing his. Um, his Broadway show where he's basically going, it's, it's about his book and going back mm. going through his life. And he's saying that like all the songs about cars and girls and stuff like that is, is all made up. It's not stuff that he's done or people that he knows. It's just st- stories that he's made up. And it sort of made me feel a little bit, Oh my God, there's me thinking that all these stories, you know, uh, you know, are all about his personal I mean, some of them are, obviously. Some of them are about his personal things that have happened to him. Yeah. But he was saying that, like, a lot of them are just him making shit up and making one line rhyme with another line. (laughs) And it's sort of, you know, I felt a little bit like if you've seen that footage of that guy that tracks down where John Lennon lived. Okay, yeah. Like, he's some kind of fucking drifter bum. And all John Lennon is, and John Lennon's saying to him, he said, you know, just make this shit up. It doesn't mean anything. Whereas this guy thinks that every word that John Lennon has written is telling him what he needs to do with his life. Yeah. And John Lennon, like, it breaks this guy's heart because he says to him, I'm just making it up. I'm just making this stuff up. 
Mm. You know, it doesn't mean anything, or it might mean something to me, but not. It's not supposed to mean anything to you, you know. And it felt a little bit like that with the fact that yeah. you listen to the lyrics and you think, "God, that's exactly how I feel." And then he he says in another thing, "Well, I made it up. I just made the stuff." Oh, fuck! No, you didn't, Bruce. I always admire his live um, uh, his ability to be uh, what he does live. As oh, well. he's you know, fantastic! You, I mean, he does a three hour show. He's at in. least <clears throat> at um, least he never does the same set. He says. No. Two nights yeah. on the trot. I mean, yeah. he's got such a back catalogue. It's not many people that I know that do that. And, and if there's a, you're talking about a tight band. That that yeah. his band is tight, and you can go, you can watch videos on YouTube of like three and a half, four hour mm. um, gigs where people have taken obviously cameras into the thing and filmed it and stuff. Yeah, but. and obviously, famously, when he did the Hyde part, they had to actually unplug yes. him, didn't they? Yeah, because like, I think Paul McCartney. McCartney. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, right, give us your countdown then from 10 to 2. So here we go. So at number 10, it's In Excess and Kick. Number 9, Paul Simon and Graceland. Number 8, Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms. Number 7, Fleetwood Mac Tango in the Night. Number 6, Prince, 1999. Number 5 is Thriller and Michael Jackson. Number 4 is Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Number 3, U2, Joshua Tree. Number 2, Marillion, Misplaced Childhood. Okay, mine is number 10, Brothers in Arms, Dire Straits. Number nine, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Eight, But Seriously, Phil Collins. Seven, The Innocents, Erasure. Six, Invisible Touch, Genesis. Five, So, Peter Gabriel. Four, Flowers in the Dirt, Paul McCartney. Three, Dream into Action, Howard Jones. And number two, Tunnel of Love, Bruce Springsteen. So, Neil, what is your number one 80s album? So I may have already hinted at it earlier. It's Peter Gabriel. And so um, it was nearly Marillion's Misplaced Childhood. But then I thought this album is still, uh, like the other one, is such a regular one I listen to and such a beautiful album. I'm not going to repeat all you said. I'm just going to agree with everything you said. But he's another guy that I have seen live multiple times now from probably 2000 up to probably the last tour he did. Um, I have so much appreciation for what Phil, uh, for what Peter Gabriel has done and the change that he made. I mean, I don't know, are you a fan of his earlier albums? Like, they were just self-titled, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we could see it coming, these huge singles. We spoke about it before, Beko and stuff like that, you know, Games Without Frontiers and everything like that. Great, great tracks. But when So came, it was something different. And I'm going to single out a track that I still think is one of the most beautiful beautiful songs ever written and that's don't give up with such a strong message to it and kate bush's mm. voice and it complements it perfectly mm. and it hasn't dated at all that album to me not at all no so i think if we're going to go for a perfect perfect 80s perfect. album to me, perfect 80s album to me it's peter gabriel's so just a masterpiece well done yeah. good choice Thank you very much. Uh, mine is one I could have chosen any of the guys' albums from the eighties, uh, be it Glass Houses, could be it Stormfront, be it Nylon Curtain. Nylon Curtain nearly was in my top ten, uh, but it's an Innocent Man by Billy Joel. Right. Uh, this was the album that unlocked the vault of Billy Joel for me. So mm. it was, I think, would it, it might have been Tell Her About It that single that came out. Um, around Christmas time, I think. I think, and uh, maybe Uptown Girl came out at the same time. Was this about eighty two? Wasn't it? It would have been eighty two, eighty three. Yeah. Yeah. And then 
BBC had a live, it was weird how they did it. They showed the first half of a, a, um, a concert that he did at Wembley Arena live. Mm. And then they must have recorded the second half and then played it another time. But the first half went out live on like BBC One or maybe BBC Two at like you know, eight o'clock on a Friday night. Yeah. And that's when I remember hearing things like Allentown and Goodnight Saigon and all these other. And so I then just dived into his greatest hits came out maybe just before, no, probably just after Innocent Man. Mm. Um, so you just like dived right into all of his old albums, um, slowly collected them all and then kept up with them until I think River of Dreams was his last. Yeah, because he hasn't made an album or he doesn't bother writing songs anymore. Well, he's done enough, hasn't he? Yeah, he's done enough. But it's a, <laughs> it's really a fantastic has. album. Got so, and there's not again compared to the singles, which everybody would know. Longest time, uh, mm. Uptown Girl, uh, Leave a Tender Moment Alone. You've got some amazing album tracks like Keeping the Faith, Christy Lee, and they're all homages to like hit the songs that he loved when he was growing up. Yeah. So you've got like the longest time is the acapella. So like he used to do acapella sat on, you know, stood on the corner of the street and like, like the guys would around a, mm. a, a barrel with, with, you know, with a fire in it. Um, Uptown girl was like Frankie Valley. Then, you know, like Christy Lee was very sort of like, um, uh, great balls of fire. What was it? Oh, fucking hell, I can't remember his name now. Well, uh, Jerry great. Lee Lewis, Jerry Lee Lewis, that kind of thing. Careless Talk was like Neil Sedaka kind of. So it was all homages. The same as like Nylon Curtain was his Beatles homage. If you listen to right. that, it's so, sounds like the Beatles. Right. Sort of, you know, around sort of Rubber Soul and <clears throat> Sergeant Pepper and that kind of psychedelic sort of kind of thing. Well, I yeah. just think he's one of the nicest people in pop or rock, isn't he? As well. Yeah. What he does for his fans is... Yeah. Because, I mean, is he... The residency he sort of had at Madison Square Garden, I don't know whether it's still going, but he always kept the first three front row seats, didn't he? Um, rows clear, so he could bring the fans from the rafters down, the real fans. Well, it's, it's, uh, my, my cousins went to see him, and they were right at the back, and mm. some guy came up to them and said, oh, do you want to come with us? And I think they did that. It happened to them. They did they? Up, yeah. But apparently he does it to every gig so yeah, that the real enough. fans fair can play. come and see him yeah. and not the I mean, shite. Yeah, I've seen him three or four times, mm. I think. And he's fantastic live. So good yeah. live. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I can yeah. imagine. Great choices. Great choices. So there we go then. That's our top ten. 80s albums. Neil, do you want to let everybody know how they can well, get in touch with Well, do you want to do some honourable mentions? Oh, shit, yeah, well yeah, done. Well, we're just, Good shake um, there, young man. quickly get those through. I'm yeah, honourable mentions here. At Dave Fippin uh, on Twitter said, Hysteria by Def Leppard, still one of my favourites. Uh, got it for a Christmas 1988, dropped it Boxing Day 1988, and a chunk of vinyl snapped off, mm-hmm. rendering the first song on each side unplayable. I hid it from my parents from that day on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, at Nick Boyd Guitar, uh, thank you, Nick, for joining me at five o'clock on the uh, Podathon when I didn't have anybody to talk to, so uh, or at half five, I think it was. So appreciation for that, Nick. Thank you so much. Um, he said Queen's greatest hits would surely be close to the top spot for me and Dire Straits Brothers and Arms. Both seem to be the soundtrack to all car journeys during the eighties. And if it wasn't for podcasts, I'd happily inflict both albums on all of my son's car journeys. Hashtag Dad Music. 
But the reason we didn't have Queen's Greatest Hits is we decided no Greatest Hits. Yes, so. we did. Yes, we but did. Otherwise, um, I'm sure that would have been in our top ten. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, Stu, Stu Grant says, uh, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, Nirvana, Bleach, Queen, A Kind of Magic, Public Enemy, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, Metallica and Justice for All, Genesis, Invisible Touch, Talking Heads, Little Creatures, and Sound Garden, Ultra Mega OK. Yeah. That was very late 80s, that Soundgarden one. Was it? Yeah, okay. great album. Yeah. Uh, at Tufty2222, uh, Big Lad in the Windmill by It Bites. Oh, I saw them support Meridian when I there went to see you go. Uh, Welcome to the Real World, Mr. Mister, Hysteria, Def Leppard, Watermark, Enya, Slippery When Wet, Bon Jovi, ga- Gangs and Bashes, no, it's Bangs and Crashes. <laughs> gangs and Bashes. Uh, go West, Gold, Spando, Bally, no particular order, but still all listened to regularly. Rob James said Dire Straits, Brother in Arms. Uh, lovely Lisa Buchanan, who helped me through the small hours during the Polython. Thank you so much, Lisa says, first, I had nearly every album in the in your graphic uh, on the thumbnail of this episode. Adamant remains one of my favourites, but at the risk of being controversial, Michael Jackson's album Thriller was on repeat at my house. I shared a house with two girls and we blasted it day and night. I don't think there's anything controversial in still liking Thriller. I know, but it's like I say, it's whether you can separate the man from... Mm the music and you've you know. got to sometimes otherwise if you know i'm i'm a fan of the pogues but i don't particularly like shane mcgowan <laughs> yeah i know but then shane mcgowan hasn't been no, there you know um yeah accused of the things that it's the same as like r kelly would you enjoy r kelly's music i never did before so well yeah i mean that's that's yeah. not particularly a good choice no, then exactly. but you're a massive gary glitter fan weren't you so only the one song yeah well, they then, brought it back in the Joker, didn't they? So They did. Yeah, so it's an interesting topic. Is it a division that you can make or is it something you shouldn't enjoy? Let us know in the comments. I don't, yes, indeed. Absolutely. Go on then, Neil. Let everybody know how they can get in touch. Well, talking of that, you can find us on all the social medias at Top 10 Pods. That's T-O-P-T-E-N Pods. Uh, please do give us a click, a like and a follow. We'd love to see you join us. Email us at top10pods at hotmail.com. That's written top 10 again at hotmail.com. You can give us suggestions for any top 10s will be good. And do come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods where you can get rewards such as our episode super early. Uh, you can be behind the scenes videos and even a chance to be a guest. So please do do that. And we're very grateful for everybody that does. Uh, check out all the links of our link tree. You can find the link in the show notes. And then please, please, please do come and subscribe. Leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts and download us on any other podcast provider you may use. Wonderful. Uh, and also remember on Patreon, uh, we now have the uh, video playlist that goes along with each episode that goes up on there and it's ad free on the Patreon. And if anyone's watching on YouTube and if they're not, I can just describe it. We now have caps. We have a lovely cap with the 10 golden embroidered on it. Uh, so if you go to our podcast merch, you'll see the link in the show notes um, to be able to go and have a look at that. I think mugs are coming as well. We're starting to get mugs as well as caps. So go and have a look Great at that. Great Easter presents. Oh, and, you know, Valentine's just around the corner. Oh, there's a show. As we record, obviously, if you're listening yeah. to this in December, there's you're shit out of luck. But there you go. <laughs> well, then go uh, or Christmas. in March, you'll have to wait the whole, <laughs> whole year. Uh, so that's it. Um, a little bit different this week but uh, never mind Uh, there we go enjoyable nonetheless enjoyable nonetheless thank you very much for uh, joining me Neil thank you very much Pav and uh, we'll see you next week and let's go start the countdown 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.